and welcome to So What's the Problem, the podcast in which we rewatch movies from our youth to determine if they are problematic by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing Crocodile Dundee, which was released in Australia on April 24th, 1986, in the US on September 26th, 1986, the UK on December 12th, 1986, <laughs> and Ireland on December 19th, 1986. It was written by Paul Hogan, Ken Shady, and... John Cornell, and was directed by Peter Feynman. It stars Paul Hogan, Linda Kozlowski, Mark Bloom, Reginald Vell Johnson, and John Melan. Yeah. Okay. That'll do. Uh, what's going to happen is this, Jen and I have thought of three problems this movie has, three each, and also a positive, and we're just going to have a little chat. So, Jen, um, this was your first time watching this, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Uh, I watched it quite a lot as a kid. Paul Hogan is actually sort of like a, he was a big deal in Australia. He had his own TV show in the 70s and early 80s that ran for 12 seasons. Um, and that show was one of the first shows that were on, um, was on Channel 4 in the UK when that started in 1982. Um, and it became very, very popular here as well. So he became a star here. He did um, Foster's adverts, adverts for Foster's beer in the UK. Then, obviously, they thought, you know, well, he'll be big in America as well. So they made Crocodile Dundee for American audiences, basically. Um, And I saw this for the first time on VHS. It must have been uh, 1987 when it first came out. And then I remember watching it on TV. uh, I can't remember. Say, 90. It was it was on Christmas in eighty nine or ninety, and I remember it being cut to bits. <laughs> so I has I have specific memories of the movie itself, and I also have memories of the edited version of the movie, mm-hmm. which is quite strange. But I was watching this at night with my mum, and both of us hadn't seen this movie in about pff, twenty years, maybe. And both of us knew every single beat in this movie. <laughs> we knew what was going to happen. We knew when the uh, the crocodile was going to jump out and grab Sue. We knew when um, uh, that's not a knife, this is a knife, but it was going to happen. We knew all of that before it happened. It was like, this is this is going to happen. And that is just a testament just to just how much this movie sort of sank in our brains mm-hmm. and how much we watched it and enjoyed it. You did, you did you not love it this time? I didn't love it this time, no. But I, I, I still have a fondness for it. Okay. So... Did you enjoy it? Um, so here's the thing. Uh-huh. It's called Crocodile Dundee. Uh-huh. Already, like, I, I wrote it off because of the title when I was younger. Um mm-hmm. thought, thought it was just probably another stupid movie, like Police Academy or whatever. You know how the 80s were. Mm-hmm. I was there. <laughs> no one had ever told me this movie's legit. <laughs> like, first of all, nominated for an Oscar for Best Screenplay, and then they both leads got nominated for Golden Globes, and it got nominated for Best Comedy at the Golden Globes. I didn't know mm-hmm. any of that. I didn't know any of that. I'm, like, waiting for the woman to be, like, uh, what's-her-face in that Indiana Jones movie we watched, because, mm-hmm. like, so many of the women in these movies, you know, are, like, shrill mm-hmm. and not... Like this movie, this movie is legit. It's a good movie. I enjoyed this movie. Right. I was surprised. Um, I was. I was so shocked at how much I liked this movie. But do you have problems with? Oh it? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. Well, my first problem is I would argue against the nomination for best screenplay because something I didn't really notice as a child is that this is the kind of movie that happens when you have writers and a director from a sketch TV show, a sketch comedy show. Because this movie is just a collection of sketches. Hmm. It's just, it's not, there's no real narrative to it. It just sort of starts with, the very first scene is rushed. It's like, hey, I'm in Australia, um, my boyfriend. I didn't tell you before, bye-bye. And then it goes straight to the opening credits. I mean, it's essentially a romantic comedy. Yes. But it's still just sort of... Because, like I said, me and my mum could point out all the bits that happened. Mm-hmm. That's because I realised they're sketches. It's like me remembering the sketches in a TV show mm-hmm. and knowing when they were happening. 
there's a lot of movies I watch and I, I remember certain things, but I don't remember the exact place where they happen if I haven't seen them for 20 years. Yeah. But this one just sort of stuck in my mind. And also, the plot is flimsy, but I do like the fact that it's not just one fish out of water movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's two in one because she's a fish out of water than he is. Yeah. Um, I like that. But it's just Mick walks down the street. Mick um goes to a bar. Uh Mick chats up a couple of um sex workers, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's just like sketch, sketch, sketch. I mean, Richard the 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 boyfriend there's no real resolution with him. Mm-hmm. She dumps him off screen. Yeah. Uh, nothing really happens there. That guy sucks. Yeah. But he's not like... He's not like a super villain. He's just a dick. Yeah. But we'll get into... I'll get in more about that later on with another one of our problems. Okay. I don't think they should have been a nom- nominated for best screenplay. Hmm. But... Okay. Ew. What's uh, you're not you're not gonna argue with me. You're not gonna. No, I mean, I don't even know what else was nominated that year, so I can't even. I can't. I can't say that's true. Like, I'm assuming something like Platoon was because Platoon was that year. I mean, it makes me wonder if um if it might be a case of people being like me and assuming the movie is gonna kind of suck because of the title, mm-hmm. and then they're so surprised that they're like, "This is a really good screenplay." <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I I, know that, I mean, for me, the title, because, like, my, my opinion of this is based on, like, probably what I thought about for, like, three seconds when I first heard of it when I was a kid, right? But, like, you know titles generally, like, I don't think about it. Like, it doesn't occur to me, like, oh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a weird title. But yeah. a lot of people will write things off very easily because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could have very well been written off by a lot of people and then when they saw it they thought it was better than it was kind of like how with like crash crash isn't really Mm -hmm. a good movie but because it made people feel a certain way and made them made a bunch of white people be like oh racism's real then they thought it was an amazing movie Mm -hmm. like i think sometimes people think things are amazing especially you know the the academy award voters they'll think something's amazing based on like the smallest thing yeah so what is your first problem then? Okay, so at one point, um, he kills a snake. Mm-hmm. And Sue's like, dude, are there more snakes? Like, what? And he's like, yeah, 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 they just come out at like night or whatever. Let's go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And um, they get in their sleeping bags. A tent. They need a tent. Like, I'm, as somebody with a fear of snakes, I'm sitting there watching that and I'm like, I don't know about her. I'm in this situation. I'm not sleeping. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sleeping at all. A tent would make me feel better, but I'm just sleeping on the ground in a sleeping bag. I'm not sleeping at all. Mm-hmm. At all. Like, she just she just gets in the sleeping bag. Like, I want, I wish there'd been a little thing about how she couldn't sleep or something, because that's terrifying. Yeah, it would be terrifying. It's, it's the bush. It would be fucking terrifying. There's, like, spiders the size of my head. Mm-hmm. in the bush I, I i would not live there i would not sleep there overnight and not even in a tent and since it's such a small problem because most of my problems are very small um i assumed you were taking care of the big ones <laughs> i also want to mention there are no women in the bar except for the bartenders like yeah, are there I, no women in australia yeah i would that is. i would love to see some tough women <laughs> yeah that bothered me um I kind of, I kind of hoped you were going to cover the big ones, but um, <laughs> I mean, I can. I no, I, I've, I've got, I've got one. The plan was if you didn't do it, I would. But yeah, um, no, I, I've got one. I have some little ones that, for some reason, just really bothered me. So they're little, but they were like really pissing me off. So <laughs> yeah, so I do like this movie still, right? Right. I, I, I still enjoy it, but I think the reason why. I think the reason why I don't love it is because it's not because of the problems that I found in 2021. It's because I know the film off by heart. Mm-hmm. I, I knew everything, uh, but it's still, I still enjoy it. But because I knew it, it was kind of like, yeah, you know, I, I know this bit, I know that bit. So it kind of uh, dampened my enjoyment a little bit this time around. But I still like the film. So 
My second problem, Mick commits sexual assault. Twice. But it's funny because he doesn't know any better. Yeah, I I liken it to, like, when I was watching it, I just thought about when people say, um, you know, like, when Paula Dean got in, got in trouble for being super racist, and people, mm-hmm. including, like, a fr- one of my best friends who's black, like, he was like, well, she's older and she's in the South, like, she can't help it, and it's like, the fuck she can't? Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 she should know. It's like when people say, oh, well, people had slaves, but that's like what they knew. And it's like, no, there were tons of abolitionists. There were tons of people who refused to have slaves. Like, Mm -hmm. just because he's new in town doesn't mean that's okay. And I also, because they're both men, yes? Or? No. One's, one's a man, one's a genuine woman. Okay, I couldn't, I, I wasn't sure about that. Um, yeah, he was, okay. he was making sure, because he's, he's not, he's not about that with the men. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of trans and homophobic as well, that, that way. Yeah. Because of the disgust and the, the way that the, uh, the patrons of the bar react to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time. But the second time, it's an actual woman, and that's why I said just checking. So yeah, I because she because she looks sort of manly. Yeah, I think is the joke. That was the one that I was like, oh, I'm sure Jimmy will take care of it. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, like I'm just going to be annoyed in general by sexual assault and transphobia mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But like, I also was just really annoyed because like Mick seems like a real good guy. Mm-hmm. Like I love that he's. It's not like Indiana Jones where you're just like, dude's friggin' horny all the time. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Mick just seems like such a good guy, and I'll I'll say this: he pulled it off as well as one could, right. and and not make me hate him. But yeah, it really, it it really made me uncomfortable. But he's still, I mean, he's still kind of horny. The first time he meets Sue, mm-hmm. and they're walking out the bar, he gestures to his mates like he's going to have sex with her right mm-hmm. there and then. But he's not, it doesn't feel like he's hitting on her, like, really at all. Right, okay. That And that's a huge thing, right? Like, Indiana mm-hmm. Jones constantly flirting or just really angry at women, um, mm-hmm. which I guess is also supposed to indicate <laughs> attraction. But even when he, like, almost kisses Sue when they're still in Australia, like, mm-hmm. it's after she has expressed interest. Yes. Um, and also, why does he never be like, oh, you have a boyfriend? You never mentioned that. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah. It, it's just the one thing that makes him not look like a good guy, and it really bothers me. Yeah. Because he doesn't like he doesn't like people swearing in front of ladies, even though he says shit in front of Sue the very mm-hmm. first time he meets her. Yeah. Up. Well, and I that, that bothered me a little. I'd already forgotten about that. But I also hate it. I do hate it when men are like, don't swear in front of women. Like, maybe if it's like an older woman who's like, an older woman who maybe is offended, or I mean, younger, if they're, if they've expressed that they're offended. Mm. But like, I know someone recently who was like, he was talking about how you shouldn't cuss in front of your kids, which like, whatever, I get that. Like, I, I can't, I have a potty mouth. I do it for my kids or whatever. But mm-hmm. then it's like, it's the, the implication in the conversation was that I also shouldn't curse because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. So now I curse in front of that guy all the time. Yeah. Because f- fuck you, I can curse. Like, it, exactly. I, I hate the idea that, like, men can do it. It's fine if men do it, but women can't, and women shouldn't hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes along with the whole, like, women should be virginal thing. Like, don't let their virgin ears hear these bad words. Yeah. The, the first time the pimp says, uh, the pimp gets hit for swearing in front of a woman. He doesn't actually swear. Mm-hmm. He says screw. But that's because it was edited. Yeah, you can tell to make what it a he PG really 13. says. You can tell what he really says. I I and I usually don't clock those things, but I clocked yeah. that. And I'm and I was watching on my phone, okay? <laughs> like that's how obvious it was. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, because then the second time he says if it isn't the the guy who doesn't like bad fucking language mm-hmm. in front of ladies. That's a line that's stuck in my mind hmm. um, for years. So yeah, uh, he commits sexual assault twice. Uh, but that sort of thing annoys me because it's done for laughs. Yeah. And um, it's, it's also the reaction to 
the, the reaction, sorry, it's also the reaction of the bar patrons who like high five them and everything. Yeah, doesn't fun. somebody says fag, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the f word is in there as well. Yeah, that's frustrating. I know. It was like, I mean, in the you expect this shit in eighties movies, right? But like in this movie. <laughs> It felt extra out of place because of how, like, honestly wholesome the movie is. Yeah, th- there is a couple of bits that seem out of place, though. Like, the, the entire part with the pimp seems out of place as well, sort of. Um, but you su- I suppose you need to have a an antagonist. You need to have an antagonist because Richard certainly isn't one. <laughs> um, Richard just gets dumped off screen, which still pisses me <laughs> off. Nothing happens with Richard. Uh not that he, I mean, I don't think he's evil or anything, but they could have made him evil. You know what I'm like with people like that? Like, if you want me to hate Richard, like, really, truly hate him, then make him do something that makes me truly hate him and give him his comeuppance. Oh, I really Because hate now him. it's just... I, I, I didn't like him, but I didn't hate him. He didn't do anything to make me hate him. He, he didn't, like, treat... So badly it is. Um, my problem was the way he treated Mick, that he was, like, just the way he's treating a foreigner mm-hmm. and mocking him immediately, that yeah, but, is, yeah. but that, but that's not cool. I, I think that, I think it would probably bother you more if Mick were, like, Indian or something, like, if he were, like, brown <laughs> or Asian, no, I, think, I think it would I think... play even worse than if it was just No, I know that, kid. I get that. I get that, but that that's not why that doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me as much because Mick punches him out and then it stops. It's like Mick hits him, knocks him out, and then there's no more like antagonism between Richard and Mick. There's nothing after that. He's not a bad guy after that. He's a dick up until he gets punched and then that's it. He's just, he, he might as well just get written out of the movie. I just love... Give him something evil to do. I love that they make him awful and it's like, you know, Sue deserves better or whatever, but Sue was totally going to cheat on him. Yeah. There's this implication in so many movies that like, it's okay for the woman to cheat on the man if he sucks and she's in love with someone else. Yeah. But at least give, like, let us know that Richard's been cheating or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I just don't think... The character was needed at all. She didn't need to have a boyfriend. I mean, if all she's going to do is just dump him off screen, the, the, there was no need for. I him. mean, I think there was a thing that needed to keep them apart throughout the movie. Mm. If you want them to get together at the end, something has to keep them from getting together earlier in the movie. Her dad, her dad could have done it. Her dad could have been a like a an arsehole. Maybe. And then at the end, when she leaves the the limo and her dad smiles and mm-hmm. you know that could have been but it's cool you know, that her dad's ending. cool <laughs> like yeah. i was expecting him to be an asshole like this this movie kind of went against a lot of stereotypes for me like a lot of things that i thought were going to happen or characteristics i mm-hmm. thought people were going to have they didn't have and that's really interesting to me yeah um so what's your second problem um when mick is off with like the that tribe mm-hmm She's going to take pictures, and I don't like that she's about to take pictures without anyone's consent. I know. That's not okay. I know. It's just, like, I feel I feel like she, as a journalist, I have some questions. <laughs> it just really bothered me. <laughs> yeah, it is strange, because she talks to, um, Christ, I can't remember his name. Neville? Yeah. Talks to him, and she thinks, he says, don't take my, you can't take my picture, and mm-hmm. she says... Why not? Do you think it will take your soul or something? And he says, "No, you've got the lens cap on," um, which is a funny gag. Uh, but maybe she thought that was an open invitation to take the pictures of the tribe, which it isn't. But you know. well, it also bothers me. She's about to take a picture of him, and it makes sense why she would take a picture of him. But first, get his consent before just pulling out the camera, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, after he's like, "You have the lens cap on." There's no follow-up. He just leaves. Like, well, can mm. she take your picture? Mm-hmm. So not only is she taking people's pictures without their consent, she's, like, so bad at her job that she's not being, like, I want to get a picture of you. <laughs> she's just like, oh, the lens cap isn't on. Guess I can't take a picture. Yeah. I also don't believe that a guy from Australia would 
make the newspaper sell like three times its normal circulation. I don't think that would actually happen. Maybe she's an amazing writer. Yeah, she could very well be an amazing writer. There are some people out there that if they're a good enough writer, they can they can get you interested in a story you might not be interested in. It just seems to me that people are just interested in the foreigner and yeah. they don't know anything about Australia, which is which was true of America at the time. Yeah. That's why the movie was made. Yeah. It was, but then what's hilarious to me is when he's at the hotel and he sees the bidet, she mm-hmm. she reacts as though like it's ridiculous he doesn't know. Americans don't know what bidets are, okay? Like I think I bet last year when there was the whole like thing where everybody was running out of toilet paper, like everybody was hoarding to- mm-hmm. toilet paper. Um there was a lot of talk about bidets at the time and I'm I mm-hmm. bet you a large percentage of Americans found out what they were for the first time then. That is not something most Americans, and it's in like now it's more widely known. I seriously doubt in the 80s that yeah. many Americans knew what a bidet was and it was treated as though it's a perfectly like normal thing. And it is, I don't think I've ever seen one in America. It's a perfectly normal thing for a rich person, apparently, in this movie. Like, I, but, um, the first time I saw one was in Paris. <laughs> I've never seen a bidet in my life, but I know they exist, and I know what they are because of this movie. Because mm-hmm. that oh, that made me like I always thought that was funny because the water scooshes up the way, <laughs> and then it's for cleaning your arse, and it's like, well, that's that's quite amusing. Um, I would never use one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bidets, um, they're fucking weird. <laughs> we we're strange people. We're we're really weird. That we're going to make something like a bidet. Just wipe their arse. You don't need to sit in the fountain of water, for Christ's sake. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I've never used one. I'll say this. People say it's cleaner. Like, people are disgusted by, by those of us that use toilet paper. And two, t- if you don't have to waste toilet paper, mm-hmm. that's a really good thing. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, but what's the accuracy on it? You ha- don't, I look, mean, I you, don't you would think you would have to, like, put your anus right over it for it to I don't actually know. make any I don't, I don't know the specifics and I don't know if I want to have a conversation that gets too in-depth <laughs> um, much like that water might but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just know what I've heard other people say who use them mm-hmm. and I've also heard plenty of Americans talk about how they were horrified by the idea of it and then after using one they're like, what's wrong with us that we don't have these? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I know I hear a lot of ads on podcasts for one that you can kind of stick to your toilet. Um, and yeah. I think that probably became pretty popular last year with the whole toilet paper thing. And I also, this is, this has nothing to do with anything except I just want to complain about my mom. So. Okay, carry on. I'll just sit back. <laughs> <laughs> so last year when people were hoarding toilet paper, there was this yeah. image in everyone's head of somebody going in to a store and filling their cart with toilet paper right like when Mm -hmm. people think about somebody hoarding toilet paper that's what they think about and there's a certain point where i realized my parents every time they went to the store and they saw toilet paper there they were buying it and they weren't buying like the huge packages because like when dylan and i buy it we get the massive package that's gonna last like a month yeah but my and my parents will get the ones that last like a week or two or whatever but um Anytime they saw toilet paper, they would buy some. And there was usually a limit on one or two. And I one day I realized they were doing that and that they happened to go shopping, I guess, at a time when things had been restocked. Mm-hmm. So they were buying toilet paper every time they went to the store. And not just the grocery yeah. store, but like the pharmacy. And I was like, you and plus they live next door to a guy that works at a toilet paper factory. <laughs> so yeah so he actually brought them a bunch right they were okay. hoarding toilet paper and when i tried to confront them about it because i thought that was pretty shitty no pun intended they yeah. were in denial they were just like well we're just really worried about running out and i was like you can't like don't do that there's people who legitimately cannot find any anywhere mm-hmm. and it just it's still i think about it now and it just pisses me off that my parents hoarded toilet paper <laughs> And leave all that in, because I want people to know that hoarding isn't just getting a bunch of stuff at once, okay? Like, I bet you a lot of people were hoarding last year and didn't really realize it, like, didn't connect it. 
Yeah, no, I'm leaving it all in because we're short. We're running short in <laughs> half an hour, so I'm keeping all that Yeah, in. and my next problem isn't that bad either, so uh, what's your third problem? <laughs> right, well, my third problem you will probably disagree okay. with, but I think Sue is useless. <gasps> I don't think Sue is uh, a particularly strong female character, but I will say she's, she didn't annoy me. That's not my problem with her, right? right? I don't find her annoying like Willie Scott. I, I just think she's not particularly well written. And this goes back to my other problem about uh, nothing happening to, to Richard. If they made Richard a bit more of a villain then Sue could have had that moment mm-hmm. of, you know, confronting him and telling him to fuck off. Uh, and maybe even, it would have been amazing. I would have loved this movie. This movie would get five stars from me <laughs> every single time I watched it. If Sue would do the thing that Mick did and distract him and then punch him in the face. Yeah, well, and that would show that she was she was being a little more like Mick, so that would actually be a really interesting yeah. character thing. Exactly, it would it show that she was paying attention to Mick and she was being more like Mick, and that Mick is the one for her because you know she she prefers Mick and because she stuff. she now sees violence as the answer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But that's why I think they should have made Richard a bit more of a heel. So it would have justified it, by movie standards Standards, anyway, it would have justified him getting punched. And also, it would be quite funny if both of them punched yeah. him. <laughs> like, Mick punches him halfway through, and then she punches him at the end. I think that would have been quite funny. But that doesn't happen. Again, there's no, there's nothing with Richard. Um, and she, like, knees a stranger in the groin when she's trying to find... That doesn't really show strength in... to me either because it's a stranger sure he was like stopping her and he was probably you know trying you know not rape her Mm -hmm. but he wasn't being a nice dude i don't know and for something like that for a woman to be strong and to for a woman to take care of herself um because a lot of the movie is she has this bravado about her that she can take care of herself but she can't survive living in australia Mm -hmm. Then, but she, obviously she can survive living in New York, but being in New York, and it would have been nice if she had that little bit of sort of strength, um, even if it is violence, just, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just show a little bit more, and it would have been better if it was against someone that we knew, like Richard, and not a complete stranger. Okay. Even if, if it was a pimp, if the pimp showed back up again, and he got kneed in the balls by women, that would have been great. I I did like her, but I a lot of that is also comparing it to other 80s movies where I'm not usually very impressed with the female characters. No, I understand that. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. She, she's not the worst. It's, it's just weird. It's that scale of like, in the grand scheme of things, she's not that interesting. But then if you look at the 80s, she's like groundbreaking in some ways, you know, like even yeah. even well, even with the Australia stuff, like her, you know, almost getting eaten by a crocodile aside, she's fine. I was expecting it to be. Did you ever see The Parent Trap? Okay, yes. So, you know, um, the dad's girlfriend, like when she goes camping and yeah, I yeah, expected yeah. it to be like that. And they didn't. They didn't lean into that, which is also a huge trope. the The woman who's out, you know, in the woods or in the desert or wherever, and she just cannot handle it at all. That she's like the woman in um, Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. She wasn't like that, and I appreciated that. Which, like, I I say I appreciated it. I'm appreciating them doing the minimum good. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I get that. I I, I agree with you there. Yeah. But, but I don't disagree I just with think, you. Right, thank you. I just don't think she's particularly well... I, I don't even think she's particularly well acted either. I don't Oof. think it's it's a great performance. Um, uh, Despite the fact she's got a great voice, I don't think it's a great performance. Um, But it was her first movie. Mm-hmm. And it was Paul Hogan's first movie as well. But they, um, they get married mm-hmm. in 1990. And they did some more films together, and then they split up in 2017, I think. Yeah, I saw that. They got divorced. 
Yeah, because um, it just fell out of love, basically. But that's a good run. Like, that's the thing, is yeah. people will be like, oh, so-and-so got divorced, that's so sad. But, like, honestly, I figure if people made it over 10 years... That's mm-hmm. a good run. Like, as long as no one was being, like, really abusive or anything, mm. then, like, that's a successful relationship. In my eyes. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not enamored with Sue. And the, her role in the sequel was worse because she gets kidnapped and he has to save oh, her. Oh, okay. I was actually wondering about the sequel. It's not too bad, actually. The third one's atrocious. Do, do you realize this movie has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes? It's very popular. It's, it's just, it's... I didn't know. I didn't know that mm. this is like this is a good movie. No mm. one talks about that. Like no one really even talks about this. They make the like that's not a knife reference, and yeah. that is about it. That is the only thing people remember from this and movie, it, apart from me and my mum who remembered fucking everything. And I think the eighties. I look. I like Ghostbusters. Okay. But when I watch okay. it, there are moments where I'm like, I hate this. Like, um, the way that Bill Murray is at the beginning with that girl. Right. Well, why don't we put it on the list then? And we can talk I about it. I don't, I don't want to get killed. Because look, <laughs> I like it. I do. And, the th- and no, but, but that's like, fine. I, that's first of all. I get in trouble with people because I prefer Ghostbusters too. Nice. And second of all, I get in trouble. But you're strange. You're not. I am a weirdo. Though. It's no, also well. It's no. It's I caught. You. That's the one you saw. The yeah, most, it's the so. one I caught on TV all the time. Yeah, yeah. And the other mm-hmm. thing is, which like I don't even care if anybody gets pissed off at me for this because uh, if they do, then they're a douche. I prefer mm-hmm. the Paul Feig one. Right. I don't like that movie. I love it. Um. I don't have. I like Ghostbusters. I don't have the fondness for it. Everybody else does. So when I watch it, mm-hmm. um, I think that's where, you know, there might be problematic or bad things in it that people just kind of ignore, like they just don't think about yeah. it. But those things pop out to me because I, I honestly think I've only seen the first Ghostbusters a handful of times. I don't think there is actually that much problematic in the first Ghostbusters, apart from Peter Venkman being. Yeah, me, and, and maybe beginning. that's it, is that that happens at the beginning of the movie, and it just puts mm-hmm. me in a bad mood for the rest of the movie. Like, yeah. it just, because everybody loves Bill Murray, right? And every, even though mm-hmm. he hits women. Everybody loves Bill Murray, and they love him in that movie, mm-hmm. but I can't like him, because he imme- I, I immediately see that he's a slime ball. Yeah. I can't get past it. It's it's the same thing as, like, um, <laughs> with Gossip Girl. Um, there's a character, Chuck Bass, who in the pilot attempts to rape two different girls. And so I hate him. I hate him forever. I hate him every time I watch the show. Mm -hmm. And, but like, girls loved him and they rooted for him to get together with Blair and they love like his, I guess, supposed redemption story. But like, honestly, dude's a douche the whole show. Um, Mm -hmm. it's like that. It's like, if my first impression is slimy. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting past that. Yeah. I'd, uh, going back to the Ghostbusters reboot, I didn't really like it much. I, I mean, I didn't hate it. But, and it's not because it was women. No, I, <laughs> I just. It, I know, I know. It's it's just that, you know what I'm like with modern mm-hmm. humour, modern comedy movies. I just didn't like yeah. it. I, I, I didn't find it funny, but that's. that's it felt funny. like it was more for the girls anyway, you know what I mean? Like yeah yeah it's... no that's brilliant I saw pictures of little girls like dressing up as Ghostbusters mm-hmm. because you know they had role models and that's fantastic I don't I'm not gonna you know you know it m- me not liking that movie does not stop that from happening. it just occurred to me like you know people would say for years which we don't anymore would say like Joss Whedon's a feminist right because of the stuff that he made mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which like that's when I think we've also learned from him don't trust a guy who says he's a feminist. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's been mostly my experience. Um, although there, I, there's a TikToker I like who calls himself a feminist, and I believe he is. But um, it's rare. It's it's rare that I see that. Like Dylan, I think is a feminist. He would never call himself a feminist. Right. Anyway, I just realized Paul Feig is like a huge feminist. Like if you look at the movies mm-hmm. Paul Feig makes, like he makes great movies with like strong women. Mm-hmm. So I just want to appreciate that for a second. Because I'd never really thought of yeah. it that way. I love him. No, that's fair enough. All right. Fair enough. So you want to hear my third problem? Yeah. 
All right. So this is going to seem small, but it really pissed me off. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when he's in New York, when he's first in New York and he's walking down the street, he's walking on the sidewalk. Yeah. You know, he's walking the opposite direction of everyone. Mm-hmm. And he looks weird. And like, honestly, he looks like he smells bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, No one looks at him. Yeah. It, if anyone put any thought into that at all, which I'm going to assume they did, considering no one looks at him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume it's supposed to show us like how jaded New Yorkers are. Yeah. But I don't buy that. I think people would be looking at him. If anything, people would be annoyed he's bumping into them. Mm-hmm. And th- if we're going to lean into like New York stereotypes, why don't we at least get a, hey, I'm walking here. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. that's a huge, huge New York stereotype, like how rude they are or whatever. No one looks at him. And there's a lot of shots of him walking down the sidewalk. It is so bizarre to me that not a single person looks in his direction. And it just... I don't know. For some reason, it was really pissing me off. I also don't like that he walks on people's heads at the end. And they're okay with it. I know. That, yeah, it's strange. Um, but, th- and that's another problem I have with the movie is that it just ends. Mm-hmm. It's it just, the, the whole thing at the end, it just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, it does, but it's, it's not really, it's not really an ending to a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's weird because there's no resolution with Richard. He's just... And he's not even going back to Australia. He's staying in America and he's just going travelling. So it's not as though, you, you know, he could go back to New York. She could follow him. If she goes with him, at least show us her running off with him or something. Yeah. In fact, honestly, if you just tacked on a thing where, like, a montage of her travelling with him and then maybe, like, show that she's been writing articles about their adventures or something that would be a cool ending you know in the third movie they're living in australia together okay and they have a son okay so the woman gives up her life in new york for the man that's cool that's cool yeah yeah yeah. actually that's fine i'm fine with that i mean he he lives with her in america in the second movie so you know okay and then they go back over to australia and she gets kidnapped. I think I can't remember why they go back to Australia, but she gets kidnapped by drug dealers or something. And um, yeah, and there's some homophobia in that movie as well. So it's always fun. Anyway, um, right. So, what is your positive? I'll, you can go first. Um, you're gonna argue with me about this. Yeah, probably. It's Linda Kozlowski. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I really liked her. I thought she was, like, I wasn't surprised when I saw that she was nominated for a Golden Globe. I thought she was really good. Um, Uh, I, while Sue, like, while after talking to you, I now realize her character doesn't have that much going on. Like, I liked her, um, because once again, I was expecting some stereotypes that weren't there. Well, that's fine, yeah. I enjoyed watching her. I truly, look, I have, I love romantic comedies, but I have a real problem with people saying I love you after a couple days. It really mm-hmm. bothers me. And, yeah. um, but like, honestly, with them, I bought it better than I usually do. You know, like the way that she yeah. reacts to him and stuff. And like, I feel like I can really see her actually falling for him. Mm-hmm. And um, like, there's just a lot of really good moments of showing her reacting to him. And I appreciate that. Um, it's hard to like if I looked at what this movie was on paper, I would think that I wouldn't buy their love story, but I really do. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I really, and I'd never heard of her. You know, I didn't know who she was, no. and I just, she was a pleasant surprise to me. So I just, I really enjoyed her. I just don't think she could act in this movie at all. Um, I, I mean, fair play. I, I get it. I understand where you're coming from. I mean. I did kind of struggle with my third problem. I was going to go and say that, you know, all black men must be in a tribe thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that the only resolution with that was him saying, I knew you were tribal at the end, which mm-hmm. is still kind of problematic. But yeah, he's, he's want... so charming, he gets away with it, right? Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like Reg- He doesn't get away with sexual assault but you know reginald uh, bill johnson 
is just charmed by him, which I'm charged by charmed by Reginald Vell Johnson. I really like him. And it's like, if he shows yeah. up, I'm just really happy. Like, I remember the first time I saw Die Hard, which wasn't until the 2000s. Like, when he showed up, I was like, okay, okay, we're in a good movie. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why. I don't he's not playing a cop here. So. Yeah, I know because he was a cop on Family Matters as well. Yeah, um, he was a cop. In, he's a cop in Ghostbusters. Oh, is he? I don't remember that. Very, it's very briefly, he's in Ghostbusters. Yeah, man, that's and that's another thing is like you ever notice black guys are constantly playing cops. It's like cops are criminals, which this movie does both. Yeah, come on, do better. I know. Do better, Hollywood. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. I I'm with you a hundred percent. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't. I don't think she's a good actress, and I think her character is badly written. <laughs> but going by the the standard of what female characters were like in the in the eighties, then she is one of the top. Yeah. You know. Um, and I think and... I think you do have to judge on that scale. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah, 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 there's a huge difference between female characters today and female characters then. And it's like we didn't get fleshed out characters in the eighties. Yeah, and and actresses were hired more based on um, looks than they are now. Like now, I mean, Melissa McCarthy is like the biggest female movie star, right? Like mm-hmm. as, in terms of like box office and stuff. Mm-hmm. So things have changed, and it was more. And in the eighties, it was even worse because it's like had to be blonde most of the time too. <laughs> like it's yeah. narrowing it down to like you have to be. Uh, tall, thin, and blonde, um, mm-hmm. and have you know a rock and bod in a bathing suit that goes mm-hmm. up your ass, like uh, Sue. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the requirement, and she's wearing a bathing suit as well. Yeah, for some reason. Well, I couldn't tell if it was a bathing suit or a bodysuit because that makes a huge yeah. difference. Because I it think could, it, it might have been a bodysuit. Body yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, which, like, once I realized it might be a bodysuit, I forgave it a little. Mm-hmm. Although you think she might wear something just a little. I can't imagine that's that comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, it was the 80s, whatever. Actresses, it, it was tough, you know? And it was, she's that rare, I don't know, I feel like a lot of times those blondes, blonde actresses in the 80s, they didn't even come off as very intelligent. Um, not their fault. Occasionally you have someone like Daryl Hannah who's just like you watch Roxanne and it's like this is an incredibly intelligent woman. But that mm-hmm. was so rare. Well, that's another plus I would give Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Because oh, I yeah, think yeah. Dana and Ghostbusters is smart and she she spars with Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. You know, she verbally spars with him. She doesn't like take his shit <laughs> and she's not like infatuated with him. Mm-hmm. I like that, and she and Sigourney Weaver's not like what you would say is conventionally attractive. Yeah, yeah. She's she's attractive, but she's not like blonde, and she's not the woman who's at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> uh, the one that, in the scene you hate. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, good strong female characters are quite rare in eighties movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I agree with you that this that that by default makes <laughs> Sue um, not a terrible character. Well, and it, and now it makes me wonder. Okay, so say um, let's say the movie were written today, mm-hmm. would those writers still write the exact same character, or would she be better based on the fact that female characters are just better now? Like, I'm I'm genuinely curious if like I think. Well, if the if if they were even trying to do something different, Rebel Wilson wanted to do a remake of this movie. Mm-hmm. I would watch that. She and she wanted to play Crocodile Dundee, so uh, I assume the love interest would be a man. Mm-hmm. But um, Paul Hogan doesn't doesn't want a woman playing Crocodile Dundee, so he didn't give a blessing. That fell through. But I think with Rebel Wilson, it would be more of a broad. It would be too much of a comedy. Yeah, the, the, her way. I mean, she's not big now, but I mean, if she was, it would have been more. The the comedy would be based on her weight. Well, and because <laughs> it was in all her movies. That's the thing is, I would well, and that that's why Melissa McCarthy is better than her, um, because they never bring up Melissa McCarthy's weight in anything. Um, yeah, 
But yeah, Rebel Wilson, like imagining her playing that character a few years ago sounds awful to me because I get so sick of the fat jokes. Mm-hmm. But now I'm for, well, first of all, I'm just interested to see her in something now because I'm, I would like to see her in a movie where there aren't fat jokes. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But, yeah. but then I would also want to see it now because like it'll, it would be a better movie with them not making fun of the big girl wrestling with a crocodile or something. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, a female crocodile Dundee would be good, but I think, like, give it another ten years and just give it to Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah, I, oh god, and I would just, watch that. Yeah, and just have him have his original accent. His Australian accent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that would be good. Uh, Paul Hogan was 46 years old when he made this movie. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> Yeah, well, he was he was a TV star in the seventies in Australia for over a decade. So, yeah. And how old was she? It's her twenties, I think. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> I think she was in her twenties. You would have to. Okay. Take that. Yeah, he's nineteen years older than her. Yeah. Yeah. When I saw that he's only a couple of years younger than my dad, I was surprised. Right. Yeah. Anyway, my um my positive as. Not all of, but most of the score. Because I, since I was a child, I was in love with the theme to this movie. I love the themes in this movie. It's on Spotify, the soundtrack's on Spotify, right? But don't listen to all the soundtrack, because some of the tracks, like, the music where they're dancing in the bar is atrocious. (laughs) And that is part of the soundtrack, so don't listen to that. But there's one track which is going to go on our Spotify playlist, Crocodile Dundee Melody, and it's got the three main um, themes in it. And that's the best one to listen to, and I love it. Uh, so, yeah, I love the themes to this movie. It's, uh, the main theme that, like, we hear the, the didgeridoo and all of that in it, that has stuck in my mind since I first heard it as a child. Hmm. It, I just loved the music so much. Uh, so, yeah, that's my positive. All right. <laughs> right, so I'm going to read this because I found something uh, while we were talking. The, f- the film is the fifth most watched film to be broadcast on British television when it was shown on BBC One on December 25th, 1989. It attracted 21.75 million viewers. Oh. It's, also, it's also the most watched film to ever be shown on the BBC as the four films with the most viewership, Live and Let Die, Jaws, Spy Who Loved Me and Diamonds and Forever were all shown on ITV. So, there. Because obviously, back in the day, um, we didn't have streaming services, so you would have to wait. And if you didn't have a, a, DVD, a DVD player, a VHS player, yeah. then you would have to wait until a movie came on TV. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big deal when a movie came on TV. Yeah. Absolutely. But see, um, this was, yeah, I think we mentioned it earlier, but this was the second highest grossing movie of 1986. Um, Platoon was the highest grossing one mm. of 1986. So this little Australian movie, which I don't even think it cost like 10 million to make or something. I think it was like 8 million or something to make. Um, and some of the money was put in by Paul Hogan and the, uh, the creators of his TV show put money into this. And then it was the second highest grossing movie of the year. So, you know, good for it. Yeah. That little movies like this can, you know, make it. And I do like that. I do love stuff like that. But I think I'm just a little jaded with the movie because I've seen it that many times. Uh, and I knew it off by heart. And watching it wasn't as enjoyable because I knew what was coming. Mm. Um, so a lot of the jokes didn't land with me because I knew what they were and the punchlines and stuff. But I still like the movie. Okay. Right, so, Jen, um, it is your pick next. What are we watching next? Well, let me say this. When we were talking last week, mm-hmm. I, it occurred to me what, what I should pick and I wrote it down and thank God I wrote it down because I had completely forgotten. And I was just sitting here thinking, oh, I, I didn't pick a movie. I need to pick a movie. And I was like, wait, I think I wrote it down. So just good on me that for once I thought to write something yeah. down because I never do. Um, okay. 
I'm dreading this. <laughs> well, I because I usually pick movies I love because those are the first ones that come to mind, like movies I've seen a bunch or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. well, I need to I need to pick things that maybe I only saw once or twice. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna watch a movie that I thought I made up for years, and I'm not alone. Oh, cool. A lot of people have thought this. Return to Oz. <gasps> oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Was that not what you were expecting? I was not expecting that at all. I'm excited. (laughs) And I honestly also think, because I was just looking at the cast list and was like, oh yeah, Piper Laurie's in it. And then I realized, I think that my memories of that, um, like the villain in that, and then the villains in um, Supergirl got mixed up in my memories. Ah. Um. I don't know if it's the hair or what. I don't know. But yeah. um, those kind of got confused in my memories because I both of those are movies that I watched, you know, quite a few times, but it was when I was like really little. Mm-hmm. So that's weird, too. That that helps explain why I was a little confused watching uh, Supergirl because my memory was different. Okay. I know. And I'm really excited, too. Right. Because something like Drop Dead Gorgeous, yeah. like if I I could have done the episode without talk without having rewatched it. Yeah. But, like, I honestly don't know what to expect with this. I know that it was kind of scary as as mm-hmm. a kid. Yeah. That's all I remember. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think it's on Disney Plus here, so it should be all right. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus here, so I figured it... Because, if anything, it seems like you have more stuff on Disney Plus than we do. So... Yeah, we have stuff. Yeah. So, we've got a lot of Fox stuff as well, yeah. Um. Yeah, so, okay. I'm, I'm excited about that, actually. <laughs> Good. Uh... Yeah, so Return to Oz. Um, and uh, the deal was you pick something that isn't late 90s and I'll pick something that isn't 80s. So mm-hmm. my next pick is going to have to be 90s or 70s. <laughs> so if you would like to follow me on Twitter, it's at dropthepipepod. Shiftedbench.co.uk is the website. Contact at shiftedbench.co.uk is where you can uh, contact us. <laughs> If you want to send us some suggestions, maybe, of movies that you watched when you were little, hopefully we'd seen them as well. Um, where can people follow you on the internet, Jen? At Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. And I have a Party of Five Rewatch podcast called Closer to Free. Excellent. So thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.